Hi folks, a couple of content warnings for you this week. First up, ADHD, um, a cancer diagnosis, and uh, death of a loved one. Uh, I think that covers pretty much the bulk of it rolling through all my notes. Because sometimes you just don't have time to flip back and, and fix that you missed a content warning there in the midst of a conversation. So, yeah, that's that. Our second warning is that we have animals. Oh, yes. Uh, Sergei is asleep in his inbox, which is essentially the top of this whole set of shelves. It's meant to be used as an inbox, but uh, no, that's that's where he likes to sleep, so I have to keep that one empty. Uh, but we also have a dog who is resting, and the chickens are all asleep, snug in their coops. <laughs> and that brings us to our third warning. We swear. Yes. A lot. Not sometimes. at the chickens this time. Not, not, yeah. Um, I mean, I will swear at the chickens. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mostly swear at Sergi. Sergi is, is usually the most swearable of the bunch. Yes. Although there is the occasional, uh, where the bleep, any bleep, bleep, have, are you hiding? Curse you, chickens. Are you in a tree? Usually in a tree, yeah. 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 So, but mostly on the podcast, it's swearing at Sergey or just in yes. general. Or at the world. Or the world. Yeah. Anyway, uh, hi folks, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 270. I am so excited about this episode. Uh, this is the first episode for the month of October, and to kick it off, I have an interview with one of my favorite authors, uh, in a little bit, uh, DM Gay, who writes the 24-7 Demon Mart series. I love these books so much. I had such a great time. I had to take a moment before the, the interview when she accepted and breathe, you know. Do, do the fans squee. Do the fans squee in a little dance, because uh, it, it's right up there with, uh, with the interview that's going to close out the month. Uh, but we'll talk more about that later on in October. Uh, right now, uh, do we have any productivity updates? Well, no. Um, we, uh, we did the, the Capclave convention all weekend and yeah. then we came home. So we have actually taken the last two days off because we had originally, you had scheduled them off to, for yeah. driving and, and returning our, pet sitter who then fell through so yeah there was there was a whole ringamarole around the schedule towards the end but we we uh i'm taking the time as recharge time because i have so much stuff going on in october and november that i i need to front load a little bit on the recharge time absolutely and also we didn't really get a weekend because we were working the weekend yeah. conventions so. now i was good i didn't work work at all no, no, I spent no time working on the podcast. I spent no time working on work things. I actually kind of did spend time catching up on all the MAGFest stuff I had sort of building up and catch up and things that needed to be done. And then I, when that was done, I've done like nothing but recuperate yesterday and today. 
I mean, you did do some stuff like you, you, you know, changed the toilet paper roll hangers in the, yeah, in the bedroom because the, or in the bathroom so that it's the one that the cat doesn't unroll. Yeah, that's, that's, that's stuff I've been meaning to do for like two weeks anyway. Um, and yeah, it, it needed to be done and I finally had time. Um, it was not as difficult as I had hoped. But it was also more difficult than I had first suspected. Wait, it wasn't as difficult as I thought it could possibly as you be. Feared. As I feared, but it was more difficult than than I, you know, had had estimated. Um, but we now have Hobbs-proof toilet paper holders in all three bathrooms, Woo! which is important since Hobbs is the I don't care. I will get at that toilet paper and spin the whole thing onto the floor. You know, he he has few hobbies, and that is one of them. Yes. And I, uh, yeah. I, uh, I gardened. Uh, gardened. And like a gardening thing. Yes, and um, today finally got around to, you know, dealing with my email that had piled up, and and it's been very nice. And yeah. tomorrow, back to work like a, a professional. Oh, same. I, I have, I am sure I have... A whole pile of emails to get through and a whole pile of, you know, meeting invitations or updates on things that need to be dealt with. And I'll deal with them. But, uh, you know, they told me to just disconnect. So I did. Yep. Uh, which is, you know, exciting. And, and since I started off my super long weekend with uh, the Bloody Wood concert, I, I feel like I... You know, I, I made the most of it. <laughs> um, and also, I got cleared for soft foods last yes. Thursday, a week after my procedure, which was uh, actually kind of unexpected, given my experience with past procedures of this nature. But hey, um, I'm not complaining. No, uh, no. Just we have a whole bunch of fruit smoothie mixins now in the freezer. Well. We'll figure it out. So, yeah, that was that was us, though. Yeah, we, we mm-hmm. did not do much exciting. I mean, it was great to to live through, not so interesting to hear about. Yeah, although you did read um, more, or, or you did read from the, uh, they're an angel and a devil, and they solve crimes, cozy mystery yes. manuscript, and, and I think we all want more of that. I, I would also like more of that. I just have to write more of it. There, well, yes, that's fair. That is fair. There is there is something about that. You are the person who's writing it, and if you want the story, you're going to have to finish the story, right? Yes. Yeah. But, you know, I also have several other books that uh, I need to finish on deadlines, and yeah. Uh, yeah. at least one I need to edit. Two I need to edit, actually. Two so. you need to edit, yes. So. Um, but everybody was very kind and was very nice, and uh, I enjoyed talking to everyone, and... Yeah, uh, you know, good time. I think was had by all. Yep. So but you have an interview that I hear is a good time. Oh, it is a great time. And speaking of someone who's deadline driven, yes, we are going to get into that. Um, uh, like I said, DM Gay is the author of the twenty four seven Demon Mart horror comedy series. She writes books. She ends every book with a section called the book sausage, where she talks about. All of the references, 
all of the things that go into making the book. So if you miss something during your read through, you can go back and look it up. And it's like these little gems of behind the scenes information from filming. It's absolutely delightful. As is our talk, which I will have for you right after this. Folks, I am excited. One of my favorite authors has agreed to be on the podcast this week. Uh, DM Gay. Um, now, do you want me to call you DM or Denise? I I got that. You can call me Denise, or you can call okay. me D. My friends call me D. So D. Okay, great. That makes that makes life easier. Um, and you write one of my favorite series, which is the twenty four seven Demon Mart series, which I think is hysterical. Um, <sighs> You're such a sweet talker. Totally sweet talking me. Listen to this, guys. Uh, Sweet talker. So, can you do a better job introducing yourself than I just did? <laughs> and uh, and tell uh, us a little bit more about what I'm you do. I'm a big geek. And yes, I write the 24-7 Demon Mart series. And I like horror and horror comedy. And all things funny. I love Mothman, Cryptids, Evil Dead 2. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, who doesn't love... I mean, if you don't love bad Evil B Dead movies, too, yeah, yeah, right. Oh my God, yeah, bad if it's B a bad, movies. bad B movie, like so bad it's funny. Like I'm, I'm all in. I'm watching that. So I mean, that's why I have the Full Moon and the um, God. What's the other one that's just good for that? Um, like UB subscriptions. Oh, Shutter. Uh, Shutter. Oh, Shutter. Yeah, no, no. But Shutter always so cheap. Oh, yeah, but I love Shutter, Shutter has good best stuff deal out too. There. They right? do. Yeah. But they also have like those sort of buried like classics that are hard to find streaming or used to be really hard to find on DVD. Like, oh, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> so Treasure Trove. And they've got new stuff that's ex- exclusive. So for 50 some dollars a year, I mean, it's the best thing it's, going it's, on. Yeah. No, it's, it's great. Um, uh, right. So you write, you watch lots of movies, you're a geek like the rest of us. Um, yeah, I'm basically trying to write books that read like B horror movies. Like that's my goal. Like I want books that read to write books that read like these bad movies that I love. So <laughs> that's my, you know, my big yeah. big picture plan. Yeah. And the the side effect is that uh, and one thing I like about them that not every author does is you have the how the sausage is made section at the end of everyone <laughs> book sausage I, yes yeah if i miss a reference i can f- i can go and say oh, oh totally yeah sometimes that. i yeah. forget and put st- i forget to put things in the book sausage but yeah. the first time i typed that on a page i was like am i like crazy like naming it this but i was like it's like how the sausage is made i was like either i'm being really funny or really weird i mean you know you never know i i end up reading sections to ursula it's uh um but when she's working on fiction books, she can't read fiction, so it's a it's a thing. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Oh yeah. yeah. When I get when I finish a book, like part of my break is that I read a whole bunch of other books by other people to kind of refill the well because I don't do that as much like while I'm actively yeah. like writing or plotting. So, well, with all that going on, 
And I know you've got other stuff going on too, and I'm sure we'll end up talking about that. Um, <laughs> You're alluding to secret other stuff. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, well, I mean, dun. It's the mystery. Know. It's trying to make me sound interesting. Yeah. Well, no, there's, there's, there's the professional stuff, but there's also, you know, I mean, you, you have, you we have, all a have life. real lives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so the question is, how do you keep all of that organized? Oh, oh well, uh, very badly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, when you uh, invited me to this podcast, I was like, well, this is kind of a joke because I'm probably like the least organized and productive person on the planet. But, you know, maybe so are other people out there. So maybe they can relate to my chaos. So, so many. But I am definitely like my organization system is like stacks of papers. Like I'm the queen of like paper planners. Like I don't use digital planners. I don't, you know, use, you know, iCalendar or all that stuff. Like it's all paper. So I have like... <laughs> It's like I'm, I'm laughing at myself. It's so embarrassing. So I have like my yearly like little day planner, you uh-huh. know, that's small. And then I have I'm like the queen of like printing out those bad like cheap free um, teacher planners like from websites, oh, yeah. sketchy websites where you have to download the PDF. And I probably have a, a, like a million viruses. But um, yeah, so I have like I used to do like a yearly plan like, oh, like this is when I want to write this year and this is what I want to do and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, okay, well, this doesn't work because time is an amorphous blob when you're like this year, I want to do all these things. And then all of a sudden it's like July and you're like, oh, I didn't do anything because that's a year just makes you think you have like so much time. So then I started breaking it down. Like now I have this handy dandy like... um, I break it down into quarters, like I'm totally a corporation, like, oh, I'm going to do quarterly reports. So I printed off some tacky, like, free thing, and it's little tiny squares, and it's every day in 12 weeks. So I have, like, one for each quarter. And that has actually helped me, like, a lot, because then I can look at it, and I can have my little goals for the quarter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can keep track of my word counts and all that stuff. And then I can also, like, block off days when I know I can't write or can't work. Which yeah. is huge because that helps you stay realistic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you yeah. think you have all these infinite days to write. And then you're like, why didn't I meet my word count goals? And it's like, oh, because I forgot doctor's appointments and days when I'd be in the car traveling or, you know, days that you can't write. So once yeah. you block off days so you know how many days you actually have to write, it helps you be more realistic with your goals, I think. So, but then <laughs> <laughs> so I have my quarterly thing. Mm hmm. But then I also have this weekly calendar, which I absolutely love. It's called the Brilliant Weekly Scheduler. And it's literally, um, it's like a big rectangle and it's only one week at a time. So I take all my stuff from my monthly and my quarterly calendars and I put it on my weekly calendar. So I know Uh exactly what I have to do that week. And then it gets worse. (laughs) Of course it gets worse. Because then I have an index card that I use with all my daily stuff. And I just, I have to do this on paper because I'm like that guy that it doesn't exist and it didn't happen if I don't have a list and I can't cross it off. Like I love the, like the act of crossing something off. Oh yeah. You know, it's like gives me that dopamine hit and keeps me motivated. So, (laughs) so I'm probably nuts because I have a stack of papers by year, quarter, week and day. And then for the day, I even like this week, I was like, I'm going to try something new. And I printed out like a weekly calendar that just has like time slots for the day. And I totally busted out my crayons and I did a color coded daily thing. Oh, like, my God. Okay, this is what I'm going to yes. exercise. But mostly it was the satisfaction of like using crayons <laughs> because there's just, you know, it's like makes you happy and it's back to school season. So I was like, I'm going to do crayons. Yay. So I, I don't know if that's going to work yet. But when I'll... I was doing paper, yeah. I would yeah, do it all in black ink and then and highlight. Yeah, with different colors per thing. 
Yeah, so um, it's color coded. So that was an embarrassing yeah. answer because it's literally stacks of paper everywhere, and everybody comes in and is like, "Your office is a mess." I was like, "It's just my brilliant mind working in this mess. Leave me alone." <sighs> I one of one of my regular returning guests calls that the volcano method. Yeah, you know, if you're writing a book and at the end, like your office isn't a mess, I don't feel like you 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 dedicated yourself wholeheartedly to it, like. <laughs> yeah. At least I know I didn't because it's like my world stops like when I'm in those end stages right before, you know, the book is released or it's like when I'm just trying to get it perfect, you know, like everything just piles up around me because all I can think about is the book at that point. So yeah, like I'm very deadline oriented. Oh yeah. So I always deal with whatever the most immediate thing is. So like, you know, if I'm at the end stage of a book, the most immediate thing is making it as good as possible. So nothing gets clean, nothing gets picked up. And then, mm-hmm. you know, when it's done, <laughs> then I can clean up the mess. So, no, oh, no, no. I mean, that's that's totally how it ends up working. I think it was uh, um, uh, Ursula certainly has the nope, I am not doing anything that week. I'm not going anywhere. I cannot entertain anyone. That yeah. is the week I have to She's finish. She's trying the to book. preserve her brain space, which I totally yeah. get. Because it's like when you have those interruptions, it takes time to get back into the mental space. And that can waste so much of your time. So well, when you're in the also, zone, you have to stay in the zone. Yeah. She also has the ADHD. Mm-hmm. So if she has an appointment on a day, and I don't know if, if this happens with you, but it, it's like if she has an appointment on a day, it doesn't matter if it's one hour at 8 p.m. That's all that is happening that day. Oh, yeah. I I actually really do understand that because um, probably about 75% of the most important people in my life have ADHD. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm intimately familiar. So (laughs) I am surrounded. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't mean in a bad way. There's a reason that I love them all so much. I mean, they're so creative and they have so many good, you know, yeah, so many dynamic personality traits. It's just there's this also this other part. So I'm kind of like that person that makes like the scaffolding around these people to give them the support to do the boring things that they aren't interested in, (laughs) (laughs) which is a lot of extra work for me. But it's like, okay, well, I love them and I understand the beauty of how their brain works as well. So it's like, I'm just that person naturally who, who is good at like things that are boring, like filling out forms and, you know, so I do that. I do the boring things so they can go shine. I, uh, the best part, uh, and she will tell you this herself, is that uh, in order to get diagnosed, you have to fill out a form. Yeah. So I've, give a, I've, yeah. I have said this many times. It's like all of the things you have to do to get diagnosed and to get medication these days. Because if you're on Adderall or a stimulant, like there's extra hurdles you have to clear. Oh, I was like, yeah. These are all yeah. things that, that people with ADHD or have struggled with. So it's, <laughs> it's like putting up these barriers, you know? <laughs> Just, and I was like, do they really have any idea like how hard they're making it by... Literally, like you have to overcome the thing that is your weakness in order to get the help you need for your weakness. It's it's just it's it's yeah. yeah. I have opinions yeah. about that, but that's for another day, probably. <laughs> oh no, I have a, I have a whole rant on the U.S. medical system, and we could uh, that that would just derail yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, piles of paper. Um, yeah, and okay. I'm very deadline oriented, and yeah. I realized this about myself, and I've always been that way. And, you know, I'm in my former life, I worked in journalism at daily newspapers and such. And now I know it's because that was the perfect job for my personality. Because at the end of the day, you had to have a story like there was no slacking, there was no, no excuses, you know, it's like, (laughs) so having that external deadline, you know, really helped me stay on track. So but now, like, when you're outside of that, you have to be make your own, you know, yeah, 
your own motivation, which is a challenge for some of us with brains like mine. So, but yeah, that was the long answer to your question. So no, stacks of no, paper that's, that's covered fine. in crayons is your answer. That's the short You know, answer. I'm just like, I, I, and I, listeners are going to ask me, uh, what, what planner pages, what planner pages did she use? I, was, I don't know. Oh, I can send you links if you're interested. Oh, yes. Links would be awesome. And yeah, they're uh, okay. just, yeah, they're, they're things that I Googled that were free planners and I just print them out. So, yeah. and I try different ones because, you know, this is, this is not a science. Like you have to find what works for you. So, and Etsy is a terrible, terrible rabbit hole for those. Yeah. I mean, there's so many for free, <laughs> but as I, I said, I'm, you know, who knows if the sites are sketchy, like, and they're probably listening to me right now because I downloaded the PDF. I don't know. I was willing <laughs> to take that chance in order to stay productive. So. I, I hear you. I hear you. We, I went so far as one of my listeners was like, you know, I have Adobe in, Desi- Adobe in design. I could make a planner for you. So mm-hmm. well, um, do that. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the thing about the free stuff is that you can just go look at things and be like, oh, that looks interesting. Maybe I'll try it because you don't really know what you need until you find what you need. So, well, that was, that was exactly what was happening. It's like, I like this, but it doesn't quite work. So, and yeah. I like that of this other one. And uh, she was amazing. And actually, you can download the planner, the hmm, official awesome. product. To I'll send you a copy if you want. Um, yes. And I'll send you the sketchy links that, you know, you buyer beware, download at your own risk. <laughs> Maybe not on a Windows machine. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's fine. That's why that's why I live on a Mac or you know. Have yeah, all so the, do I, but stuff. not everybody yeah. does. So right. Oh yeah. Um, do you have a favorite pen? People are going to ask about that too. Or are you just like? Do you have a favorite pen? Oh, I do. It's I know, and I don't have one in front of me. Oh, oh no! Oh, I was going to tell you the brand, but I don't have one in front of me. Yes, it's my favorite. It's. <laughs> It's black and it's a little clicker and it just like is so smooth. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have one in front of me, so I don't know the black brand. And a little clicker. And so, oh, wow. Yeah. It's not no, a if, gel pen, but it, it kind of feels like one, but it's not. Uh, yeah, it's it's magic. So uh, I will also have to, you'll have to insert that later, like a little voiceover with the pen's name is. Blah, blah, blah. Or, I, or I'll just put it in the show notes. It's fine. Yes. Yeah. I do have so, a favorite pen, but you know, you yeah. caught me off guard because I literally don't have one on me because so I'm in my basement there. So if it's not layer. gel, that leaves out the Pilot G2. Does leave the Pilot Precise series as a clicker. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a pilot. I love pilot. Yeah. Yeah. They do make some nice stuff like their gel oh, yeah. pens with the eraser things, the frisian or whatever they're called. Friction, Those are decent. Yes. Yeah. I have. It's not that though. No, <laughs> I do have a lot of those in my house though, but that's not my favorite. So yeah. I'm very particular and I, ha- it's like I take them out of the package. That's why I don't know what they're called. And then I just have them in everything. Like I have one in my car and I have one in my purse, but I don't have one in my office, which is stupid, but it's because I only type here. I don't handwrite. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the typing space. So screw you pens. Yeah. That's all right. It's all right. I was going to say, I have pens, papers, whiteboards, all kinds of things scattered around my office just for different Different you things mean, for different like dry planners. erase boards or like whiteboards, like corporate like, fancy like whiteboards. Dry erase boards, not the corporate okay. fancy ones. All right. And I didn't know how fancy you were. Yeah. There's this amazing company called um I can't even remember what they're called, but they're the the product is the mover erase. Mm-hmm. And they are post-it note sized mini whiteboards with magnets on the back. What? I know, right? And you just gave me an idea for a Christmas present for my bestie because she's like she <laughs> like for I give her post-its for Christmas every year and she's so excited because she like you she's the most organized person ever. Everything is like color-coded with the little post-its and the stickies and the tabs and the you know, like she loves oh, yeah. it. It's like her thing. 
And her oh, job yeah. is organizing as well, like, you know, greeting cards, actually. <laughs> She's the lady that goes to the stores and organizes the greeting cards when oh, you wow. lazy people put them in the wrong spot. But it's totally perfect for her personality. But anyway, those little yeah. magnetic dry rays, that would be next level, like Christmas gift. So thank oh, yeah. you. Oh, yeah. For helping no, me and, Santa up in here. So yeah. And I, I, I actually, that's how I plan the episodes is I just, I create a magnetic post-it for each one and then I put the guest and the date and the episode number and uh, and all that stuff. And that means you have like a magnetic board somewhere that you have everything and you move around the little things like puzzle pieces? I Yes. As a matter of oh, fact, that sounds it, amazing. Right <laughs> that next, sounds it, very satisfying. <laughs> all right. I'm going to, I'm going to turn the camera on. I, I, I Yay. Just, so I can yay. see it. Yeah, yes. I love it. And I'm just going to. I do gonna, have one of those metal things that I got at Ikea. Those like wall yeah. boards and they're see, magnetic, yeah, but it's not in front of my desk. So It's, it's oh. right there uh, over oh, yeah. the chicken. Yeah. A chicken. And, um, yeah. I have a chicken. Bark, bark. So, I like chickens. They're charming. Yes. The The problem is I don't have enough chickens. And uh, I was counting last night and I have 26 right now. And You uh, know, I inherited a collection of ceramic chickens from my grandparents when they oh, passed wow. on. Because apparently, I guess my grandfather would buy my grandmother a ceramic chicken for special occasions, and they had them, you know, above their cabinets, like in their kitchen. So, yeah, I distributed them amongst the family, but I kept the one, like one that there was a story attached to. And I was like, it's strange. I never, I never asked her why she loved ceramic chickens so much. I don't know, but it was a thing. So, you just don't see good ceramic chickens out in the stores anymore i guess it's not popular anymore (laughs) they are they are they're very hard to find but that's okay i don't need ceramic ones so much what i need uh, i'm starting to need more of is egg storage as the younger hens start to Mm -hmm. reach laying Mm -hmm. age and there's 22 of them total Mm -hmm. so that's awesome i'm jealous we're not allowed to have chickens where i am and i've always kind of wanted chickens (sighs) someday yeah someday Someday. Yeah, I also would like to have a goat instead of a lawnmower, but you know, dreams. It's good to you have really, dreams. You, you really don't want a goat. That's I just know. my personal. I want a goat in theory. I actually want to just borrow a goat and have it like eat weeds. Like that's what I kind of need. I need a goat goat yeah. loan service. Like they, there's actually a place around here that will rent you goats just for that purpose. So well, it looks like I need to get on Google and see if there's a goat rental that's right. around me. Yeah. <laughs> so. And all that from my favorite pen, goat rental. No, it's fine. This is where we end up. This is is how it works. (laughs) This is is why I love doing these interviews, because you never know where you're going to land. Yeah. Um, So, all right. So we've got all the paper. Now the question is, and you've talked a little bit about this, do you have any systems or habits that help you out with that? Oh, my gosh. Um, Let me just have the caveat that I'm constantly working on systems, because I'm really bad at habits, because I get bored and restless. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, Ugh, like I resist the habit, but at the same time, I want the habit because I want to know what to expect every day. So I'm kind of like a mess. <laughs> so I'm always tweaking and changing, but there are some things that, that I do that work for me. And, right. you know, in my writing life, it's like keeping track of word counts. So I use like a, a website called pacemaker.press, I think for that. And they have like a free plan where you can do two, um, two novels that you're working on and you can keep track of your word count every day and set goals and you know it's customizable and it i found that very happy like very Uh yeah it makes me happy i've used that for years and years like it's a useful tool so i swear by that and then my other thing is noise canceling headphones (laughs) oh yes oh my god because i i'm like this weird like people i really believe people have superpowers and one of mine is i have this super 
supersonic hearing. Like I hear everything, which is actually kind of a curse. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have very acute hearing and my mother yeah. does too. And my sister, I think it's just a genetic thing. Like we hear every little sound. And for me, it's very distracting. So yeah. noise canceling headphones have been a game changer for me. And I resisted and resisted because I don't think I understood the magic of them. But I finally broke down and bought like a cheap pair on Amazon for like 60 bucks, like six yes. months ago. And it was like, oh my God, it was like uninterrupted heaven. Like it was, I was like, I'm so dumb, like kicking myself for waiting so long. So now I swear by the noise canceling headphones, at least if you're I, like me and noise is a, is a distraction for you. So I spent years trying to find yeah. good noise canceling headphones. I found some good ones and I found some so-so ones. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, fine. And I broke down and got a pair of the, uh, the AirPod pros mm-hmm. and the first thing. Are those like earbuds that like stick in your ear and they're noise canceling? Y- Yes, those are the Apple ones. Oh, and okay, because I have the, the big giant ones that go over your ear with like the padding that they kind of remind me of like seventies disco, like hi-fi. <laughs> yes, that's that's my earpods. Like Max. I like those. Like yeah, boop. yeah. But, it also I mean, squeezes my brain, which squeezes the writing out of it. So, uh, and uh, but I was like, after years of different Bluetooth and noise canceling, and I, I put them in and I turned on noise canceling and I'm saying, and I started, I'm like yelling at myself for not buying them as soon as they came out. Oh, yeah. They've yeah. been a game changer for me. Like yeah. I really like those. And then for writing, like um, this is a new thing that I've started doing and I think it mm-hmm. actually helps me put up better word counts and do, you know, better first drafts, like the not as sloppy and not having to delete as much, which is just yeah. like, you know, the night before my writing, um, session like I just kind of like try to figure out what I'm going to write the next day and if I have any ideas for you know the scene like who's going to talk and what they're going to say or any jokes I want to put in it like I just kind of jot that down and it takes like 10 minutes and it helps me write more better and faster which is the goal so (laughs) I was like I write better funnier scenes when I kind of know what I'm going to do before I sit down because you don't want to do your thinking when you're sitting down and it's writing time you know, which I used to do that. I used to be like, okay, it's writing time, but it's also thinking about what I want to write time. And then you stare into space and then your writing time's gone. So I'm trying to do that just when I have a free minute between like the chaos of my life, like just, you know, jot down a page of what I might write the next day. So I know how the scene's going to go. And that really does help. And it sounds so basic, but you know, we're all learning as we go. And it didn't occur to me that I should be doing that. (laughs) I mean, it it follows in the, in the, in the great debate of, are you a pantser or are you a plotter? Yeah, I'm mostly a pantser, so yes. but this is helping. This helps. So yeah, but I'm um, trying to be a plotter, but only in a basic <laughs> way. I'm not trying. I know I can't change my personality. Like that's yeah, that's the dumbest thing you can try to do. Don't self help yourself into thinking you can be a different person. So, but now I do like just a bare bones outline that's like one page of the story, and it's just the notes that I want to hit and what part of the story they need to be in. So that way when I'm pantsing, I know what I'm writing towards and that has helped me a lot. So do you ever have the problem where you do that and then you go to sit down and write and your brain's like, no, I've already written this. I don't see why we need to sit down and do it again. Um, no. Okay. No, because I don't over outline. Like if I went Mm -hmm. and did every scene like by pop, then I would be like, okay, I already wrote the book. No. (laughs) Okay. No, no. I tried, I try to keep it simple just because I know you know, know yourself. Right. So, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to be a more organized pantser. So, but the thing is, it's like readers, like, you know, God bless them. I love them. And I, mm-hmm. they talk to me about stuff, but I'm like, they think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> like they don't know that we're all just literally making this up as we go along. And 
that we don't always, you know, we're still learning. I mean, oh yeah, at least I am. I'm like on book 10 right now and I'm still learning how to write books. It's, I don't think that ever ends. It's like improving your craft and improving your plotting and you're, you know, learning all the intricacies. It's like, we don't, we don't always know what we're doing. You know, we're making it up too. So I'm like just behind the scenes trying to get better at all that stuff. Oh yeah. So, even, I mean, even talking do it to, faster. Oh yeah. <laughs> everybody yeah. wants books faster. That's like the worst thing is like you work so hard and you grind and you grind and then you click publish and 24 hours later, like, Oh my God, I read it already. And I loved it. When's the next one? I was like, it's been 24 hours. Like, oh. Did you, did you like, sleep? Yeah. No, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know um, when the next one is because it's literally been 24 hours. So yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the did deal. You get a- it's a, Struggle, oh yeah. So yeah. Did you get a chance to read um Kaiju Preservation Society? No, not yet. Oh super okay. excited. Yeah, no, it's really good, but um uh John talks about one of the things in there was he was working on a book and it didn't work, and he was mm-hmm. already like on the edge of I have to give them a book. Yep. Um, and that's real. Like yeah. oh my god, and I because you don't want to you know, you don't want to give people crap and disappoint them. Yeah. Like I feel like uh, that hangs like a dark cloud over me a lot. Is like, is this funny? Because I never know. I never know if I'm just crazy and I think it's funny or if it's actually funny until it's out there. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, just fingers crossed. Yeah. You know? But yeah. Anyway. You at least you at least have the advantage of, you know, you you push the button, it publishes, you're in complete control. Um John has the no, I the the publisher has paid me money on an advance. Mm-hmm. So oh, I yeah. have to get them that book. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, Kaiju Preservation Society is what happened when he threw one book out, the book he was working on out because it wasn't, and just started writing. And yeah, um, I love Scalzi. He's a great, great friend. So <sighs> yeah, but it is, you know, mm-hmm. that struggle is real. It's like, you oh, yeah. have a great idea and then you get into it. And if it doesn't work, do you have to keep going? Because there are external pressures on you. It's like, at least when you're obscure and you don't have an audience or readers or a contract, like you have freedom. I don't think Mm -hmm. we appreciate that because all we want is a contract and readers and fans. But once you have fans, there's pressure and that can get in your head, you know? So, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, there's the there's the regular thing at about 30,000 words. I think we're getting close to it with the next, with the book Ursula's working on now, but at about 30,000 mm-hmm. words, a draft will land in my inbox and it will say, tell me, please tell me if this shames my ancestors. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that might be the magic spot. Cause it's like 30,000 words. I'm usually like, this sucks. It's a disaster. Yeah. I can't save it. But at the same time, I say that every damn time and it always is safe. Uh-huh. And yeah. it's because the first draft is always terrible. Like, like if people saw my first drafts, they'd be like, Oh my God is like the worst but i'm like that's what revision is for like revise it until it's good until it's funny until it makes sense you know yeah um all right uh let's see so we have you keep track of word count noise canceling headphones game changer oh yeah amen pre-writing just little snippets before i sit down right yep having a very bare bones outline probably like one page and it's just literally like by the first twist by the middle where i need to be by you know that kind of thing like just just the major you know, act one, act two, act three plots. Like there's like six or seven things on there. I just need to know where I'm writing to. Yes. So, yeah. And knowing the theme, like what I want the character to learn, that has helped me immensely. Yeah. yeah. Um, any other habits? Do you like block out? Do you, I, I get the impression you, you have a specific time every day. This is when I'm writing. Um, I try to, but as I said, I'm resistant mm-hmm. to habits. But right. like, it can't be like, like if I make it to 4 p.m., 
without writing, it's not happening because my brain is spent by then, you yeah, know, and all the yeah. real life burnout things. So <laughs> <laughs> it usually has to be earlier in the day, which is crazy because I have to just like mm-hmm. open my mouth and just pour in a pot of coffee because I am not a morning person. But I'm trying to force myself to write when I'm fresh, like in the morning before the chaos of the day, like, you know. Yeah. God. Derails the, me. <laughs> every Everybody who says that, you know, you should get up at 5 a.m. and you do X well, and no. Y, I'm just like, nope, mm-mm. Some no. people can do that because they're morning yeah. people. If I got up at 5 a.m., I'd just be pouring coffee in until 10 anyway, you know? <laughs> Pretty much. Know yourself. Yeah, it's like the self-help aisle. Like, none of these books yeah. are going to help you. You have to work with who you are. You can't magically yes. change your wiring or your, you know, your circadian rhythm or whatever, your biological clock. Like, you can't change that stuff. You have to work the time that works for you when you're on. So, Which... and I think that takes time and experiment to to find that, you know? Which naturally leads right into that next question. Oh, are we on number four? What number are we, we on? are on number four, which Woo-hoo! is, you know. I'm keeping how, track. Uh, I'm organized, yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on paper. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, what, is a, what does your typical day look like? What's your, you know, do you have a routine? How do you decide what to do <sighs> first? You know, I had a lot of trouble with this question. Mm-hmm. So because my life is chaos. Like, so I'm actively trying to get back to what a typical day should be. I'm trying to find a new typical because right, right. I mean, yeah, like four or five years ago, my life was totally upended and derailed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I basically had to give up my journalism career because I was diagnosed with terminal cancer and told I was going to die in six months, like out of nowhere, never had a health problem, never had anything, you know, was a reasonably fit, you know, person yeah. and all of a sudden they're like, oh, surprise, you've got a cancer. And then it's like, oh, and it's one that we can't do anything about. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. The way. So it's not like, you know, something where there's lots of research, there's nothing for kidney cancer. So and it's mostly it used to be a disease of like old men, like 60, mm-hmm. 70, 80 year old men would get it, you know. So <laughs> now here I was like barely 40, a woman. And, you know, apparently I'd had it for several years, but, you know, well, and small symptoms, but nobody th- thought anything of it because I wasn't an 80 year old man. So, uh, and, and anyway, also, so, you know, they, 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 you know, they would probably tell you as a woman, let me see, um, are you pregnant and um, just lose some weight? That sound about right? Um. Well, yes, that does happen to women. Yeah. It did not particularly happen to me, but it, you oh, know, okay. it's just, it's also a cancer where this, it doesn't have a lot of symptoms until it's too late. So, oh. I mean, there's, yeah. yeah, it's, by the time you have symptoms, usually it's too late. It's it's bad. Kidney cancer is wow. bad. So Kidney, Yeah, nasty. Yeah. Yeah, it's very bad. So anyway, so I was like, okay, I was like working freelance as a journalist at the time. So I'm like, and I had constant deadlines. Like there were times mm-hmm. where I had 11 or 12 deadlines in one week. Yeah. And I'm like. And I was diagnosed because I felt terrible. <laughs> I'm like, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. get off the sofa. I stood up and I felt like I was going to pass out. I was like, what is going on? So, you know, and the doctors were almost right. Like I did almost die at the six month mark. And I was very, very sick. Wow. Very, very sick. Wasting yeah. away. I lost like so much weight. Like I'm about five nine, and I lost so much weight. I was a skeleton. I was like down to 100 pounds. So I was wasting away and I couldn't stand up and mm-hmm. I couldn't stay awake. It was awful. Like it was literally right, like right. from active running around person to on the sofa on death's door surprise yeah. within six yeah. months. So, you know, that's when my, my normal routine, you know, mm-hmm. was upended. I had to give up everything. And so 
But then by some miracle, there was a brand, like I was at the hospital and a doctor came in because um, my first treatment like made my brain swell and gave me seizures. Oh. And they were like, they, the floor doctors at the hospital were like, well, it's in your brain. So you need to go to hospice. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm not ready to go to hospice. So then my oncologist yeah. came in. He was like, look, he's like, I'm not giving up on you. Like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm about to give up on me. He's like, don't give up. He's like, there's this brand new treatment. You know, it was just approved like a couple of weeks ago. So literally after like I was diagnosed, this new treatment came and it's immunotherapy. He's oh, like, wow. I think you should try it. He's like, we literally have nothing left to lose. And I was like, okay, okay. I tried it. So within like the first three months on it, like 50% of my cancer was gone. And I was like, what? And I was up and I was eating and I was like alive again. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, it was literally a miracle for me. And, you know, in kidney cancer, I mean, not to get too granular, but they say that stable, like disease, where you just keep the yeah. amount of tumors you have and don't get more is considered a, a, an overwhelming success. Like shrinkage was like unheard of before this. So, mm -hmm. well, you know, about 10% of people on that drug made it to um, complete response, which means all the tumors were gone. So I was just kept hoping, kept hoping. I was like, mm -hmm. I just really want to live. I love living. I love, I'm greedy for life, you know? Right. <laughs> I want to live. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I kept on it and I kept on it and it worked. Like February, 2020, I was declared no evidence of disease, complete remission. I mean, you wow. want to see an oncologist tap dance. <laughs> yeah, really? tap dance into an office like he literally like, tap dancing in his lab coat it's like oop, oop. <laughs> so and then you know i stayed on it for two more years until march of this year actually mm -hmm. and i'm like it'd been two years it's still working and now i'm not on anything and i'm one of two people in my hospital who's made it this far so wow yeah it's crazy but I, now i forgot what he's saying okay chaos of my every day so yes yeah so I have this going on in the background. People think mm -hmm. that once you reach remission for cancer, it's over, but it's never over. Like no. they didn't understand that I still had to go to the hospital to get infusions. I still had to go spend a whole day getting scans, you know, regularly. So it takes up a lot of time having cancer. Yes. So, and then it's yeah. like, I also have like a real life <laughs> yeah. in addition to that, you know? So, you know, I've got kids, I've got, you know, we're the sandwich generations, like we have children at home. And we also are taking care of elderly parents, like in the last year, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So February 2020, I'm declared no evidence of disease. And I'm like, I have my life back. And then a month later, it was global pandemic and the school mm -hmm. shut down. So I was like, Oh, great, out of the frying pan into a new one, you know. So then it was okay, it went from hospitals all the time. And then it's like, mm -hmm. now I'm homeschooling my children <laughs> in a global yeah. pandemic where we all might die. In addition to going to the hospital where all the sick people are and hoping I don't get sick. It was very scary. It's yeah. very stressful. Oh, and then geez. last year we added like my father-in-law is like unfortunately had Parkinson's for 10 years and it suddenly Ooh. it suddenly took a nosedive and we were um, you know, trying to care for yeah. him in the declining of Parkinson's and it was just it was like literally the worst. I'm like, I keep hoping. It's like I thought the cancer was the worst thing. <laughs> But it just like what it's like just getting punched in the gut over and over again. Mm -hmm. So now we're finally out of that. Unfortunately, my father in law passed away. And the pandemic is now coming to an end. And I'm still knock on wood cancer free. So it's like now, literally in the last month, like, it was hard to answer this question, because I'm trying to figure out what a typical day looks like for me. Yeah, yeah. Because my life would totally fell apart. And it's been apart for four years in ways I could not have predicted. And now I'm just trying to figure out what the new normal is going to be because I'm basically rebuilding everything from scratch. Like, you know, when I got sick, I lost my career, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> so now I'm trying to rebuild a new career and figure out what I want that to look like. 
it's like now I can finally breathe and like plan for the future for five minutes. So yeah, yeah. that was very yeah. big picture to answer your question. Uh, yeah, but, but that I mean that 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 sort of puts these are the, the things thing that go into my my thinking every day about what my days are going to look like. But you yeah. know, I still have a lot of doctors and hospital stuff. So yeah, you know, people want me to write more books faster. It's like okay, but I have you know X amount of days that I have to be you know to stay alive. I have to work harder to stay alive. I have a lot more doctor yeah. and poking and proddings kind of stuff in my life. <laughs> so the days aren't typical, but usually I, I wake up and I get everybody else out of the house. And then like I exercise because that's working hard to stay alive. You got to take right. care of yourself people. Cause if you don't, it's going to catch up on you, you know? Um, and even if you do, it might catch up on you, but we're all going to die people. Sorry. So um, yeah, I wake up and I like, get everybody out of the house and then I exercise and then I sit on the porch and drink coffee and clear my inbox because I have this new cat we got at the um, shelter last year. His name's Meatball. He's awesome. He's very old and he's very fat. That's why he's Meatball. He was like a 19 year old. I mean, excuse me, 11 year old, like 19 pound cat. It was very sad. He was at the pound and nobody wanted him, but he was the sweetest thing. <laughs> um, so he's declawed because the old lady who had him before um, declawed him. So he can't go yeah. outside unattended. So after I exercised, I take meatball out onto the front porch and sit with him while he chews on grass because he can't be out there unattended. And I clear my inbox oh, yes, <laughs> and hang out with meatball while I drink coffee. And then I take meatball in and then I try to have like some time where it's just about writing. So um, I'm trying to be more productive in that time because I don't have a lot of it. And that's where the pre-writing that we talked about comes in. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, like I'm trying to be more productive in that time. And part of organizing and productivity is just trying little tweaks to try to help you because you don't know what's going to work for you until you try it. Oh, so yeah. the new thing I'm going to try is like sprints and that Pomodoro where you like just turn off the internet, turn off distractions and you write for like 20 minutes and then have a five oh, minute yeah. break. So that's like my new thing that I'm going to start trying mm -hmm. this week. So, but did then, you, you know, did you buy the little mechanical timer or no i have a phone with a timer there you go yeah <laughs> i'm notoriously cheap like i don't like to buy <laughs> i mean i don't it's like there's a device and a gadget for everything but we don't really need that you know i try to go old school style and yeah. just keep it simple so there's some there's some good there's some really good mac free mac software mm -hmm. out there just saying um mm -hmm. for, for is that the stuff that turns off the internet for a certain amount of time or whatever you can you can use those or there's just one where it, it like has a timer and then it's like time's up it's time to take a break and then it forces you to take a break okay um there there yeah. are a whole bunch I mean, we'll yeah. see this is the new yeah. experiment is the pomodoro like just the sprints mm -hmm. and then a break sprints and then a break so but yeah that's my day i mean that was a, a very yeah. very abstract answer but you know then, i hate to say this but i was yeah. super productive like as soon as i felt better and when i was mm -hmm. on that new um when I was yeah. and when the immunotherapy started to work and I started to feel better and I was off the sofa, I was like, Oh my God, I still, we still didn't know how it was going to turn out or if it was going to work. And in my mind, I was like, it's going to go South. I'm going to die any second. And you will be amazed how many books you can write when you have literally the grim reaper standing over drinking coffee <laughs> over your shoulder. Cause <laughs> my motivation for writing demon Mart was cause I tried a, a trilogy before that where it was YA and I was trying to write what I thought I could sell to trad pub, but it wasn't me. It wasn't right. my personality. So once I, face death <laughs> and it was over my shoulder. I was like, you know what? I've had this idea for this story for a long time. And I'm like, I'm going to write it now because it's me. It's who I am as a person. It's my interest. It's my person, my, my sense of humor. And I was like, and I 
if I'm going to die tomorrow, I want my family and friends to have a piece of, to pick up this book and read it and hear my voice, you know? Yeah. Like I want them yeah. to have a piece of me and my sense of humor and my interests. Like, you know, I want to leave something. So that's how like the first four books happened. And they happened like in a year, like four books a year. It was awesome because I was like, yeah. I have to yeah. type, have to type, going to die, going to get it, you know? <laughs> and that, were, you know, so goal, goal unlocked. It had just happened that other people liked them. And I felt very lucky about that. I was like, well, it means a lot to me that my death project you know, resonate yeah. with people. So, because really nice. it was just for me so that someone, there'd be a piece of me left on the earth when I was, you know, a pile of ashes. So. <laughs> and, and the, the, I, 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 I will say straight up, I've read them all except, um, Kevin and the Mothman. Oh, um, but you love the Mothman. I do. And my I just, Mothman is not buff by the way. I, uh, yeah. Mythology. Um, not He's the, very good not the point pleasant buff one. Yeah. No, more no. like I'm, I'm, He's I'm got a little which... beer belly, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> He's a little um, bit, you know, run down, down on his luck. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's yeah, the, that's, that's my the routine. Chaos. One I have to chaos. get. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm then everybody comes home and it's chaos again because then it's you know dinner, homework, homework blah, and, blah 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 you know, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Sports and you know I spend a mm-hmm. lot of more time than I like in the car, but. Um that's another part of what I'm trying to learn to do. Like, cause mm-hmm. I'm one of those, I like to have a chunk of time where I'm uninterrupted and um, I feel like that's holding me back. Like, cause I don't get very many of those. And now I have to adjust to a re- new reality where I'm like, Oh, maybe I just need to like, accept that, that I can't always just have a big chunk of writing and maybe I need to try to like write in the small bits. So, um, my friend Martin who writes, um, Tales from Weird, Weird Florida, he, like Dead Sets, this first in series. Well, he's super productive. Like last year, he wrote like a million words because yeah. he's one of those wake up at 5 a.m. guys. But yeah, morning people. But I'll never be that. But he um, he had an old free write, you know, those little mm-hmm. um, portable battery operated, not attached to the internet. And you can only see like two or three lines of text. So you yeah. can't go yeah, back yeah. and edit. He's like, and that's how he wrote all those words. He's like, here, I have an extra one. Like I'm going to mail it to you and you can see if it works for you. And I was like, this is never going to work for me. Blah, blah, blah. Cause it's just not how my process. Cause I go back and, and mm-hmm. bulk up text as I write like my, yeah. But anyway, so I was like, but you know what, maybe I just need to try it because so much of this is just trying it, figure out what works. So, you know, I took it with me when I was waiting, like, you know, in a carpool line. And that's where Kevin versus the Mothman came. It wasn't, oh, wow. you know, it was just a quick first draft of this happens and this happens and this happens. But it was enough. It was enough, like, you know, maybe 500 words of it, but it was enough to get me off of that, you know, staring at a blank page, staring at the cursor. You know, it was enough to get the momentum started. So I was like, oh, and that was just from like, you know, waiting in the carpool line. So I was like, that's another thing I'm trying to do is like take advantage of those little snippets where I'm just waiting or stuck somewhere that I wouldn't normally be able to like just focus mm-hmm. to write. But like maybe I can, you know, map out a scene and pre-write. Maybe I can make yeah. a note about dialogue. Maybe I can do that so that my writing time is more. So I, this is, I mean, this is something yeah. I'm trying to actively take advantage of because everybody has lots of small bits of time in the day. It's hard to carve out big bits of time, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Although there, there is a glorious time coming. And, uh, I, I say this from experience there, there was a time period when my oldest had his driver's license. 
Oh my God, that sounds. And you're giving me a heart attack just thinking about it. I'm gonna have an anxiety attack. Well, yeah, attack. That, I, I mean, before before driver's license, I had you know my beard was was jet black or whatever color my hair is anymore, and then within like a month, it I had gone completely gray. So there's that. <laughs> but um, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> yeah, just just a warning on that one. Note to um, self: buy more hair dye. Yeah. yeah, but there was this glorious time period because the the school both of them went to is is you know it's a it was a charter it's a charter it was a charter school I mean it's still a charter school they just don't go there anymore um, mm-hmm. and so his younger brother who was in middle school could ride with him and so mm-hmm. I didn't have to drive them every you day you outsourced anymore. yeah yeah had an assistant you had to yeah. you didn't have to be the chauffeur you got a chauffeur. Yeah. Yes. At least. Uh, as yeah. A, as, I'm not there yet, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in, until until my oldest graduated, and then it was back to you know daddy carpool again. Um, mm-hmm. At least on you know the days that they were with me and well, not there. You got some break. I mean, Mom, that counts. So yeah, a little break. Yeah. Yeah. Now neither of them live here, so life is good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everything is constant readjustment and trying to find yeah. things that work for you. I mean, I have made some mistakes, like. There are times when I tried to change too much at one time, and then it just it ground everything to a halt, despite my best intentions. Oh, so yeah. I feel like just like maybe trying one new small thing at a time is the way to go. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because like last fall, I was like, I'm going to do this and do that. I'm all optimistic. I'm going to, and I even tried to change like my story structure and craft and try a new way to do that. And then I tried to outline when I'm not an outliner, and it was a disaster. It ground me to a halt. So, yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Just small tweaks and pay attention to your personality. Like try to work, you know, work with yeah. your personality. Because if you're not someone who can write, who's if a planner has never worked for you, it's not going to magically work for you because you bought some new expensive planning system. It's not that you haven't found the right organizer. It's just that that doesn't work for you. So yeah. you have to kind of like know yourself and listen to yourself. Yeah. And the the and the big one that that I'm always telling people or, or trying to remind people is that it's not that you failed the system. It's that the system failed you. Yeah. Like and it, it doesn't work for you. We're all different. Yeah. You know, we have to, yeah. we, yeah, we all have strengths and talents and we need to kind of work with what we have. It's like the self-help section. It's like how to be an extrovert. It's like, no, you either are, or you're not. No, no. <laughs> you can't magically rewire yourself. Yeah. And the, the framing of things as I, I soapbox about this a little bit, but the framing of things as if it didn't work for you, it's your fault and it's a moral failure just yeah, makes that's me That's a very American, people. very yeah. American capitalist way of everything. I mean, that they yeah. make make everything feel like it's your fault, not a systemic problem. But that's yeah. it's not true. It's not all your fault. No. no. Sometimes it's the expectations <laughs> <laughs> that you have to be productive every second of the day. You know, that's yeah. impossible. So, yeah. or uh, as uh, I've been saying lately, you know, healing is productive. We just got over COVID. Healing is productive. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else yeah, we you can need do time in that to process. Time yeah, you need time to process your feelings and you mm-hmm. know take care of yourself. So, oh yeah. All right, are you ready for the fun questions? I mean, the more fun <laughs> questions because I've been having fun. Okay. Okay. All are right. there more fun questions? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I at least the next three questions. You're are, like, yeah, you're like, oh, these are my favorite questions. Is what these are the ones I, I love hearing the answers to, yeah. Okay. Um, so, question number five. Um, what's the best advice you've been given and or maybe the best advice you'd give somebody else? Well, I have two. And one okay. of the second one is brand new. And it's like 
was from one of my doctors who's trying to take care of me. And she said it at the, at the appointment. And I was like, what? Like, it just struck me. But anyway, so number one, uh-huh. and I forget where I got it or for who from, but it was basically like, no one cares about your, your, your stuff, like your writing career, your art as much as you do. Like, no one's going to do it for you. No one cares. Like, right. it's up to you to take charge and make the art. Like, only you can do it. And you have to be the one to do it and to motivate yourself because nobody else gives a shit. Everybody else is doing all their own thing and is self-interested. I was like, if you want to make art, you want to write a book, you want to get your short stories out in the world, it's like, it's up to you. So get off your butt and do it. Because <laughs> nobody else gives a shit. <laughs> right. Nobody else cares about your precious short story that you have on your hard drive. Like, you have to do it. So, yeah. yeah. So that's my number one. I don't know okay. how profound that is. So. <laughs> But I think about that as like, nobody, nobody cares about this as much as I do. So I have to make it happen. So, yeah. And then my doctor, number two, uh-huh. like threw me for a loop when I was like, huh, when she said this, we were, I forget what we we're talking about, but she, she looked at me and she says, living is an art. And I was like, huh, <laughs> I guess okay. we we're talking about stress and, you know, daily life yeah. and everything. She's like, living is an art. And she got me down the rabbit hole with that one. I was like, she's right. It's like, you know, we live in this society that's all like productivity and measurement, measuring Uh and your career is your life and this and that. And they're just trying to, it feels like the, the things you need to do to be successful, the character traits you need to have to be successful in America, is just getting to be a narrower and narrower and more exclusive club of people who fit that. And everybody else is left out trying to figure out where they, you know, why trying to either turn themselves into that or figure out why they're left behind or whatever. And I was like, you know, living isn't art. Like Uh we can't just all be like chopped and molded, like, like out of a factory to be the same, no matter how much society tells us that they want us to be X, X and X. You are who you are and you have to find your own way and you have to live the life and create the life that you want to have. Like, (laughs) like after, I know, it's like the reset button hit on my life. I mean, you. I wish that people could feel like what I went through as far as my my realization and life philosophy change that I had when I was was facing death without having to face death. Like, I don't want them to have to do that, but I wish they <laughs> right. could feel what I felt, which is hard to articulate. But yeah, um, you you are the one who has to give your life meaning. Um. Yeah, like it's up to you. Like I still have friends that are like, "Oh, life is meaningless and life and this." I was like, "If your life is meaningless, it's your fault." Like that's what I learned when I was on my deathbed. Is like living right. is an art and meaning is up to you. You have to create meaning in your life. Like you have to give your life greater purpose. It's your choices. It's your choice, you know, what meaning your life is going to have. So so my doctor got me thinking about that and down that rabbit hole when she looked at me and said living oh. is an art. Yeah. Because she's totally right. It is an art. Yeah. And you have to you have to make that art in in the way that creates a happy and meaningful life for you. Yeah. Oh, hey, Shepherd and Shepherd's friend have just arrived. So that's why the dog was barking, not the Amazon delivery person coming to kill us this time. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. So, dude, that was heavy. I love it. I love it. I love it. I well, love it. sorry. I was like, you know, no. she said she looked at me and said that, and I was like, huh. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, like that's a very profound statement, you know. Yeah. So you can interpret that how you like, but it's it stuck with me, and I don't think I've fully had time to like, you know, work through it. So that was kind of a ramble, yeah. 
because I'm still working through what she meant by that. But I was like, that's something I have ah, to listen no. to and think and tell myself and remember, yeah. you know, because when you're lying on your deathbed and thinking about meaning and what you want your life <laughs> to have meant when you're gone, you know, it's very yeah. vivid in your brain. But now I'm like four years away from that. And I'm like, now all the like boring problems of everyday life that crowd out people thinking like that have come back to my life. So sometimes I have to remind myself, <laughs> you know, yeah. because it's easy to get bogged down and like, Oh, carpool and dinner and what's for dinner. And you know, you have to think about the big picture. Oh, yeah. Like when it's, when you're at the end, what do you want to have done? Like, you know, the world is a, is a pile of poop. You got to get a shovel. You got to start digging. Like you got to make your corner nicer and you have to decide like what you care about the most and, and what you're going to clean up while you're on this planet. Like, what are you going to do to make it better? Oh, your yeah. little corner. Yeah. So. So dovetailing into that, because this is, these, these two questions are really subjective. Okay. Um, You're like, I'm uh, done with the philosophy lesson. Shut because, up. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because uh, <laughs> I guess one of the things I've, I've, I've realized over the last, last couple years, mm-hmm. 200 and some odd episodes is that um, a lot of, how people answer the questions depends on how they define the terms uh, fail and succeed. Mm. Right. Um, So the easy but sad question is how do you deal with failure when you miss a goal? Um, Well, I, I mean, my number one answer is you have to forgive yourself. I mean, that's with caveats, of course, like, if your life is crazy and you're just still trying to grind, like everything is Uh normal while the, your house is burning around you, you need to like forgive yourself for missing that deadline because obviously that deadline was not the most important thing you needed to be attending to. Right. But of course the caveat is you have like, you have to know when you're just making an excuse and not meeting a deadline versus you have something serious in your life that you need to take care of. But yeah, the number one is forgive yourself because you do have, if it's the first one and you're, your world is burning around you. You can't expect to just keep grinding, you know, and grinding and grinding going at a thousand percent and expect nothing to give. Cause that's mm-hmm. just not how like life has to be attended to, you know, oh, don't yeah. set stupid, yeah. impossible goals for yourself and then get demoralized when you can't meet them. Because the problem isn't you. The problem is that you set stupid, impossible goals for yourself <laughs> when your life needed to go in another direction. And I feel like right. that's like a big cultural thing. Like, you oh, know, in yeah. America right now, it's like hustle culture and this and that. It's like, no, <laughs> there are times to hustle and there are times when you need to step back and realize there are more important things. So that's where forgive yourself comes in. Uh-huh. Because if you just keep grinding at a thousand percent, I mean, you're going to go to burnout and crawling out of burnout is much, much harder than just stepping back and dealing with whatever. Like burnout is much harder to come out of. Cause oh. Yeah. God. Yeah. I've only had to do it two and a half times and I never, yeah. and I, I, I keep telling myself, I never want to do this again. And then I'm like sitting on the edge going, I could do it. I could push myself and the little voice going, don't do it, man. You know what? You know how this yeah. ends. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I feel like I like, I'm just coming out of burnout just from all mm-hmm. the things that I talked about. It's like, Oh, cancer and then pandemic and then Parkinson's, you know, and death, like mm-hmm. all back to back. I was like, I was still trying to grind through all that. And I was like, that was a mistake because then I ended up like last fall where I was in burnout and then I didn't write uh-huh. anything. And it took was a year between books because I just couldn't because I was just so I'd 
ground yeah. myself down yeah. to a stump. I was like nothing. I was like a bloody stump trying to sit and type when I needed to just go <laughs> regrow some arms so I could do something, you know? <laughs> I was like swamp thing and somebody <sighs> cut off my arm and I didn't stick myself in the sunlight so I could grow a new arm. Yeah. So I was just a sad, stumpy swamp thing with no sunlight. So... I get that anyway, reference. yeah. <laughs> I saw that movie. I saw that movie when it came out. Thing. So yes. Oh my god. Mm, she's my girl. Yeah. So, and then, you know, the other part of forgive yourself is that you yeah. have to refill the well of creativity. Like like if your creativity is not like making art and writing books is not like copying and pasting stuff into a spreadsheet or it's not like that. Like you have to refill your creative well in order to keep going. So mm-hmm. I think that's where people fall down is like they don't refill the well. So um, some people are like, oh, the artist way, like that book, they love it. And I was like, oh, I keep hearing about it. And I'll, you know, I'll see what it's about. I don't do all the stuff in there, but there's one thing in there that I do. And it's the artist date mm-hmm. where you take yourself to do something that refills your creative well. That's not like just, you know, if you're a writer sitting at the keyboard and typing, you can't just keep doing that. You have to refill the well. So you know, for me, that's like going to horror movie festivals or like there's an art theater, you know, in my town and like they'll have like special edition remastered horror movies or whatever. So like I'll take myself to that, you know, I think one of the ones that I went to was um, the Boris Karloff documentary, Man with, oh. uh, yeah, I forget. What yeah, it's, no, it I, saw that, like I saw that. I saw that one year. and I yeah, haven't watched Boris it Karloff yet. Documentary, I mean, yeah. And then um, when the guy who wrote Let the Right One In, um, Oh, God, that, that guy, oh, he had an, yeah. another book that was made into a movie or a short story that was made into a movie. It was called Border. I mean, it was Grands, like a border. And it was, you know, basically a troll who didn't know she was a troll. And she was, you know, everybody looked at her like she was weird. She never fit in. And then she met another troll person and figured out what she was. <laughs> but anyway, it was like, you know, a Swedish dubbed art film. I mean, no person here is going to read sweet subtitles in Swedish or whatever. But I was like, I will. So I took myself to go see that. You know, it's like, that's refilling the well for me, you know, yeah. refilling the creative well or going to like wander the Halloween aisle, at, you know, when they come out in the stores like that just kind of gets my creative juices and like refills things so that I can then go back to work and have more ideas. So, yeah. so you have to forgive yourself and you have to refill your creative well if you're doing a creative job because, you know, inspiration has to come from somewhere. And sometimes just like go, doing something, you know, mindless going to a movie or, you know, looking at mm-hmm. horror art or wandering around looking at Halloween yard displays, like that gets the juices going again. So yeah. Oh I yeah. Guess that's, that's my answer for that. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, I call when, when the Halloween, sections start showing up at at the local retail locations that's that's not holiday decoration that's like am i redecorating this year so oh yeah yeah yeah. i definitely um i'm guilty of decorating my house year round with the halloween section so yeah (laughs) and over time my style has changed like it used to be more like just campy kitschy you know halloween and now it's more like hmm, what would morticia do you know oh yeah WWMD. <laughs> so it's like style that changes like over time. So, but yeah, I'm guilty. Like I, I came home with an armload of things that are now going to be permanent decor, you know? So every year my wallet every, can't keep up with the year. Halloween aisle. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how many, how many sugar or replica sugar skulls I have lying around yeah. the house now, but that's like one of my big addic- addictions oh, right yeah. now is, 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 not real ones because the 
dog would just lick them to nothing. But like, I get yeah. planters that look like them. They're ceramic planters that are painted like sugar skulls, and then you can put a plant in them, so then they're also functional. I have several of those. So we have four cats, and plants are if plants aren't elevated out of the reach of cats, bad things happen. Yeah, meatball's a plant yeah. killer, and I yeah, <laughs> I'm always looking at the tag like, is this poisonous? Because meatball will eat anything. Uh-huh. <sighs> yeah. But yes. But he's too fat to hop up on counters, so I've got that going for me. <laughs> All right. Other side of the coin. The, the often difficult but happy question. And I bet I already know your answer to at oh, least half well, of it. I'd like to hear your guess. <laughs> yeah, and that is, do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? I'm guessing right now you do celebrate your successes. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Life is short. Totally, mm-hmm. totally short. So, yes, I do. You want to guess how? <laughs> is it watching horror movies? Well, that can be. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. like after a book comes out, and I've, I've mm-hmm. you know, I, I give myself a week to be unproductive without guilt. You know, right? Where I don't have to do anything. I just do whatever I want, and I don't have to feel guilty about it. And sometimes that's in the beanbag. You know, binge watching mm-hmm. the worst B movies ever. So, yes, that's some of it. But that goes back to filling the creative well. So yeah, I do reward myself with time to be unproductive without feeling like I have to be productive. So, and then occasionally, Uh you know, going back to being a cheapskate, I don't like buy myself stuff to splurge generally, but occasionally I do. And this year's big splurge mm, was the Home Depot 12 foot skeleton. So, oh, I'm so jealous. Oh my God. Cause I've been trying to get one for years and I refuse to pay scalpers because end stage capitalism, mm-hmm. like you shouldn't just buy yep. stuff and then resell it without producing something new. So yeah, I have issues with scalpers for things. So I'm like, I refuse to pay a scalper for it. I wanted it for retail from, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it took years and years, but this year okay. the opportunity finally came up and there was like a 12 hour window where it was live on home Depot. So, yeah, so I got it because I was like, that was my splurge this year. I was like, we worked hard. We just had death in the family and a lot of stress. And I was like, this is what I want. So, of course, now I have to like, you know, rejigger my entire Halloween yard display. So, yeah, that's a small price to pay. I I keep wanting the the giant, I I don't know if you've seen it, the giant inflatable dragon. Oh, is it uh, the one that like moves? mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think it's at, Lowe's mm-hmm. and not Home Depot, but well, just yeah. be careful with those inflatables. Like, have some of that flex tape <laughs> because <sighs> the wind blows them around and they do get ripped over time. Like, I have a couple of inflatables that are you know relatively thin, but they're about twelve feet tall and they get like they're taped up because they just get caught on things and get yeah. holes in them. But the, you know they can be repaired, so just be we, prepared we, with your the, flex the tape is, for the repairs. We live on two and a half acres and the mm-hmm. only place, like I would have to cut down trees in order to make a spot for it. Like, and I would need the world's like really like a half acre long extension cord to get, to, <laughs> to, get yeah. the thing to it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's that. So you got to yeah. work with what you have. So yeah. every time I'm like, Ooh, and Ursula's like, no, just no. Where are you going to put it? You know, well, what, and then what are you going to do? Move the yeah. chickens. Like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> chickens yeah. will be out there pecking it and then you'll have that flex tape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this year, one of my new goals was like, I'm going to grow my own giant pumpkin. Um, 
because you know in Ohio they have mm-hmm. the Circleville Pumpkin Show where these there's oh, a competition yeah, every yeah. year and they grow these twelve hundred to two thousand pound giant pumpkins and I go every year and I like oh, I'm like oh one day I want to grow a giant pumpkin I was like this is mm-hmm. the year I'm like I got my Home Depot skeleton I was like I'm gonna put it in front of a giant pumpkin that I grew myself it's gonna be great and then the deer just ate my pumpkin a couple of days ago <laughs> oh no so yeah. I was like I had a pumpkin that you know that survived i started with five plants i was down to one plant and one pumpkin and i was like yes this is happening i'm doing it and then i woke up and i had my coffee and i looked out the back window and there were three deer like nom, 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 nom. Just, and i was just like, like my yeah, empire is crumbling yep. so yeah i mean the pumpkin was going to be like you know life goal unlocked you know speaking of treating yourself sometimes you have to unlock yes, those yes. weird life goals like you talk about doing something and don't realize it's a life goal but if you talk about doing it every year and you have been for years, it's probably a life goal and it's time to do mm-hmm. it. So, you know, I guess I'll try again next year. Yeah. So stupid deer. I'm gonna have to figure out a way to keep them off of it next year. So my my one of my life goals happened um I want to say about two weeks ago. Um mm-hmm. I I made a decision a couple years ago, and regular listeners are gonna tune out right now because they already know what this is. Um when we had the the sudden the sudden death of Lemmy, followed by Bowie, followed by Glenn Fry, followed by Prince. Mm. And Don't every me. single one of them, I had said, I'll catch him next tour. I'll catch him nope. next tour. Nope. Don't catch him next and, tour. Yeah. And so now it's like, if I want to see somebody live, I, I will see someone live. And um, uh, so, uh, by the way, folks, this is coming out in October. We're recording in August. Um, but uh, I got to see one of my bucket list bands, um, Rage Against the Machine, live. Mm-hmm. Like, I had thought they would never, ever tour again. And I I was, you know, when they were, their first heyday in the 90s, I was, you know, a newlywed, you know, we weren't have we hadn't had kids. By the time it was like, yeah, my kids were born, and it was, you know, and whatever, they had broken up, but I'm just like, I'm there's a band I will never see live. And oh, nope. It happened. And so, yeah, you, you have to make time to do some of those things. Yeah. You never life know, right? goal unlocked. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't always count on tomorrow or next time. Like mm-hmm. I made that mistake because yeah. I thought I was young and healthy and then boom, look what happened to me. Like I shouldn't even be here right now. Like, <laughs> think of all the things I'd miss out on. You have to do things, you know? Yeah. I mean, plan for tomorrow, but live for, don't forget to live for today. So, I mean, don't be reckless, but don't think that you have infinite time because spoiler alert, none of us are getting out here alive. So nope. <laughs> sorry y'all. Nope. Uh, so that's, that's, that's all the big serious questions. Oh, well, do you have yeah. any other questions for me? Anything that I said that was incomprehensible? Or- no, no. It's, 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 it's awesome. The, the only thing before we start talking about where to find all these cool books, I mean, I already know, but we have to tell everybody else about mm-hmm. it. Um, is um we we don't need money we are in an incredible incredibly lucky position where we have everything we need and then some and so isn't that glorious it's like the best it's 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 great yeah um so we like to tell our listeners instead of giving us money give it to people who need it a hell of a lot more than we do and so we ask our guests for a charity do you have a charity yeah I do. Yes. And you'll be very surprised. It's for kidney cancer research because when I was diagnosed, I was surprised to learn that it was one of the top 10 most common cancers, but there was so little research. So, you know, right. 
when you see ads for drugs for like say breast cancer or whatever, mm-hmm. they have they have like the the crazy voice going like this at the bottom with all the information that you need to know that they can't squeeze in the ad. And it was like they they're like, if you have this gene mutation or that gene mutation, this won't work for you or whatever. So there's right, right. there's infinite awesome research out there for cancer. Kidney cancer has yes. none of that. Because it's basically not mm-hmm. really funded, even though it's common. And I think part of that was because they the idea that only old people get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. more people are getting it and more young people are getting it. So younger and younger, like under mm-hmm. 40, like which was unheard of before. Yeah. And um, so yeah, when I was diagnosed, there were like three, 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 three treatments for it, and mm-hmm. and none of them were very effective and all were very terrible with side effects and stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, when I was well enough, I was like, okay, well this has to change. I'm like, I want to do something mm-hmm. that will, I don't know if like, if you fund research for a disease or cancer, you're literally not just helping the people who have it. Now you're helping every single person who's going to have it or be diagnosed with it into the future for generations and generations. So for me, like I, d- I donate to the Kidney Cancer Research Alliance when their website is kccure.org, like K-C-C-U-R-E. Did I spell that right? .org. I'm not a good out loud, out loud speller. But Kidney Cancer Research Alliance because um, it was started by the wife of a man who, like me, was diagnosed young and died. And she was also upset that there was nothing out there mm-hmm. for research. So she has organized um, a charity that they give um, research grants, $100,000 um, research grants to um, to researchers who are um, pursuing novel new yeah, research yeah. that's going to help everybody. So basically, they fund a lot of research that probably wouldn't get funded otherwise. And um, it's all peer reviewed. It's all above board. So um, yeah, so I donate some of my royalties to them every year. And some of my personal money as well. I think like Thanks to my lovely readers and royalties and such, I think we've managed to donate like six thousand dollars in the last few years, which you know nice. it's it's not nothing it's not big money, but it's better yeah. than nothing like every little bit helps so oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. where my heart is so and then I'm gonna release a short story that I wrote um called Bake Off. It's gonna be released in October actually, and all of the royalties from that book for the first you know, for the rest of 2022, we're going to go to the Kidney Cancer Research Alliance. So that's who I support. I mean, I also support, you know, some other things, but that's the main, you know, my main writer related and life related. um, Yeah, no, understand organization. So, yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, Where can people find you online? Well, um, the number one hub is dmgay.com and I'll spell it because you know, Hey, <laughs> it's dmguay.com because I'm trying to keep you on your toes with your spelling. So, right. so that's my number one hub and it's got, mm-hmm. you know, all my books and links to everything and audiobooks and all that. But of course, you know, I'm on Amazon. If you Google, like, I mean, if you Amazon 24 seven demon Mart, it's going to pop up and, um, I'm also on Twitter and Facebook and I'm also on Goodreads and BookBub. So pretty much anywhere you do book related things, I'm there. So just, you know, if you type in 2470 Mart or G-U-A-Y, mm-hmm. there aren't many authors with my last name. So <laughs> yeah. I will pop up. So And and uh, uh, I will be putting at least the Twitter link. I we Our primary social network is Twitter. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's a good one. So as as long as you filter carefully and pick who you follow. Uh, I have, um yeah, trained my algorithms to make Twitter my happy place. So all I oh, see okay. is like horror books, horror movies, you know, that kind of thing. Like, 
You can train your algorithm to make social media a happy place by what you do and don't click on. So <laughs> it takes time, about six months, but I've done it. So Twitter is my happy place <laughs> online where I only see things that make me happy and that I'm interested in. So Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. This, is, this has been so much fun. And, you know, if you want to come back in a year or when the next book is coming out, just uh, just give me mm-hmm. a shout. And I, mean, I can show you my stack of papers that resulted in that book because I do, you know, make all my notes on paper because everything's you go. paper. I'm very yeah. analog. Yeah. Very yeah. analog. So awesome. Yeah, no, this was, this was great fun. And, uh, uh, you know, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It was awesome. And uh, for the people at home, we will be right back after this. That was so much fun. <laughs> We're back, folks. Uh, I did not do my usual intro again two weeks in a row, so we're just gonna we're just gonna leave it there. We're just gonna leave it there. Um, I'm still very jealous that this year uh, D was able to splurge on a 12 foot skeleton. You know the one, the the 12 foot lawn skeleton. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm. I am aware. Yeah. Yeah, and and we all mourn the loss of her attempt at growing her own pumpkin uh, that the deer ate. No. I know. I know. I mean, the gardener's struggle is real, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I have a word. Let us hear that word. I bet you can't guess what the word is. Is it Demon Mart? It is totally Demon Mart. (laughs) I'm psychic. I love Lloyd, I love Dee Dee, I love the entire cast of the Demon Mart books, and um, I can think of no better word for this episode. Um, And again, many thanks to Dee for coming on the show, and for talking with us, and I really hope we get to talk to her again soon. But yeah, take the word Demon Mart, all one word, no spaces, go to productivityalchemy.com, uh, punch it in for that badge code, and you will get dun 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 a badge. Woo! And you can all all sorts of things with the badges. You can look at it. You can admire it. You can brag to your friends that you listened to this episode and got the badge. There's other stuff you can probably do with it. We talk about that in the badge how to on productivityalchemy.com, which is just one one of the things you can find on the website. Uh, what else can they find on the website? Oh, you know, lots of things. Show notes from past episodes. More about you. More about me. Show notes for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, stuff like that. Uh, mm. Also, I believe there is a link that uh, we tell them not to click. Yes. Um, in the about section, there's a, a link that says support. Don't. We we don't need it. We're good. We we are covered. We are. Uh, in a good place. We continue to be in a good place. If that changes, we'll tell you. But in the meantime, uh, we want you to go support people who need it more than we do. And this week, uh, 
our uh, guest recommended charity is the Kidney Cancer Research Alliance, kccure.org. Uh, as you know, this is uh, really important to Dee because, uh, frankly, she is a survivor now. Um, I think, what's the timeline on remission versus survivor? Uh, that that I would not presume right. to speak to someone. Uh, someone would need yeah. to someone who is actually experienced with it would know. You're right, much better. right. Um, and you know, as part of that, uh, a a portion of book royalties for every book she publishes goes to um, the Kidney Cancer Research Alliance, including uh, from the new novella. Um, Oh, I have to look at my Kindle now because I it is I've got Bake Off in my notes, but that's not the full title. The full title is let me just bring it up real quick here. Yes, I keep these books on my um Yes, Bake Off a Granny Horror Short Story. It came out just a couple days ago. It is hysterical. And again, uh at least some portion of those proceeds are go to the um Kidney Cancer Research Alliance, so you should give them money too, because it's a, it's a good cause. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, that's it for this week, folks. Um, we had a good time talking to you. I had a great time talking to Denise, and you know what? We'll be back next week with a letter show. See, that's for a week away, so that you have a, we have time to recover, yes. more brain space. Absolutely, and please send us in your questions mm -hmm. so that it's not just Kevin and I making like mouth noises at each other for an hour. That sounds either awkward or sexy, and I'm not sure. I was thinking of like, which is not sexy. That's not sexy. No, and, and I mean, I mean, it may be that we're not here to not kink, kink shaming. shaming. No, yeah, mm -hmm. not either. No. Of our so anyway, that's it for this week. Uh, Y'all go out there. Have a good week or the best week you possibly can and do your best to um, stay productive. Whatever that entails, like taking a day off and gardening and hanging toilet paper and roll holders. Sitting at your desk and going... Also, also a good choice. Yes. <laughs>